You're listening to the Asking for a Friend podcast, an elder-led ministry of Believer's Baptist Church in Emory, Texas. The Asking for a Friend podcast exists as a weekly resource for the edification and knowledge of God's people. My name is Tyler Jones. I'm your host. Thanks for listening in, whoever you may be and wherever you may be. May the Lord bless this podcast to you as a means of grace for your spiritual growth. On the podcast today is Jason Rowland, Senior Pastor, Elder of Believer's Baptist Church, and one of the other elders, Philip Castleton. Philip, I made you uh-huh. get the ball rolling earlier, but uh, you think Jason can come up with one right now? Uh, no, you cannot <laughs> come up with a dad joke. That was Jason. That I'm, was Jason. I'm always the brunt. Or, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Brunt of the Yeah, Sometimes you're kind of blunt. I got, I got, I was the you know end of the joke earlier. So yes, with uh, the vegetarian yeah. comment. <laughs> yeah. What was the you go hunting? So I went. I went. To, yeah, I went on a hunting trip uh, recently, and uh, it was a pretty long one. And um, Everybody's wondering why I didn't shoot something or come back with something, you know, some meat or something. And I tell them I'm the cameraman. And Philip's over here telling me that they, they say that the Indian that can't hunt is called a vegetarian. He's not skilled enough to, to be a hunter. Yeah. And so nowadays, the contemporary version of that is the video guy. Yeah, so. that's exactly right. <laughs> <laughs> so that's what I am. But... Um, uh, you know, we've got a pretty interesting, unique question here that uh, has kind of come from all three of us somehow. <laughs> um, so uh, I'm going to let you guys answer it, though, and I will present this question. Um, it is, what is the distinction between the one who is propagating the prosperity gospel versus the one who is participating in the prosperity gospel? And Jason, I think you have some thoughts about this. Well, so one is actually vocationally in our culture making um, a living, if you will, off of uh, a gospel that is at the very least wrong, but it's a what we call the prosperity gospel. And the other that we're distinguishing between the two is the one who is just in the pew listening and uh, participating in that. Okay, well, real quick, how about we explain kind of what the prosperity gospel says just to kind of set a foundation here. Um, okay. Uh, well, ultimately, the the, the prosperity gospel um, is a false gospel, but it, it's um, the good news that God wants you to be happy, healthy, wealthy. Um, that in His uh, atoning work, if you will, He He um, provided for your wealth, um, your perfect health, and um, and all of these things, uh, though some are true, I would argue that he did in the atonement uh, provide for your perfect health, he didn't promise it this side of glory. Mm-hmm. So some of it's an over-realized um, eschatological promises. So some of the stuff is that they want everything that God's promised for us in, in glory, he, he's promised to it, they, they, they want now. And um, some of it is um, the fact that they want a genie in a bottle. They want to be able to, um, um, and, and the way it's propagated by the teachers often is that the teacher says, if you'll give to God, he'll give back to you. Um, and since you can't really give to God, you got to give to God's messenger. So sow your seed into my ministry or sow your seed into this or sow your seed into that. And, um, and, and this whole... Uh, sowing and reaping a thing uh, is is played out. So if you give, God is then therefore bound uh, mm-hmm. to give back to you. So uh, we actually become uh, the sovereign ones, if you will, mm-hmm. and God becomes a, a reactor 
uh, to us. It reverses the roles. This is one of the things that makes it so nauseous. Sure. Um, it says that um, I can control God by my desires, which only feed my flesh. If you'll notice, the prosperity gospel never teaches for people to long for holiness or to long for sanctification or to long for pure motives or to long. No, they, they, they long for more money. They long for bigger houses. They long for bigger cars and nicer cars. They long for... Um, you know, uh, you know, they're, they're, you know, limp to go away and they're mm-hmm. back to quit hurting. This is what, um, it, it's always something temporal and it's always something, um, uh, fleshly. Sure. So Jason. to put it, put it briefly, it is the lie that God is for us. That is God exists for us, for our prosperity. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And can you, because I feel like this is going to come up again, can you, explain eschatology for those who may be listening that don't know what that is. Yeah, means. eschatology is just the, the idea of, of the <clears throat> end times. It's the study of, it's the doctrine of what uh, the Bible reveals about the last days. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and I now you can finish your thought from the very beginning of this thing. <laughs> well, <laughs> I, no, that's okay. I, <clears throat> I think that was proper and good to um, make that distinction or that uh, definition of what it is, um, because um, it is so prevalent and popular, and it's growing in its intensity, uh, which shouldn't surprise us, because when you open your Bible to Second Timothy chapter 4, and uh, the whole text is before us, but I'm going to look at the end of chapter 3, actually, because here Paul is instructing Timothy and says to Timothy that all scriptures breathed out by God, profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. And then in chapter 4, verse 1, I charge you in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who is to judge the living and the dead, and by his appearing in his kingdom, preach the word. Be ready in season and out of season, reprove, rebuke, exhort with complete patience and teaching. So we are given the inspiration, the sufficiency, the inerrancy of the word of God, and then the preacher is told to preach it. And the reason is, verse 3 of chapter 4, 2 Timothy, the time is coming when people will not endure sound teaching. But having itching ears, they will accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own passions and will turn away from listening to the truth and wander off into myths. So that text is the reality or um, gives us the truth of of why the prosperity gospel is gaining so much in uh, popularity and certainly has an appeal to people. And I would say um, that the prosperity propagator, if you will, exists because of this verse, the people create the one who is preaching this prosperity gospel. Yes, absolutely. In fact, um, I think that that's that's I think that's exactly what the text says. The reason that the prosperity preachers um, are so uh, ubiquitous is because there's so many people who despise what uh, the sanctification that that uh, that the gospel calls for, and what they want is everything that that 
that God has to offer without God himself. So they heap up teachers who will say exactly what they want to say in the name of God, offer them everything that their carnal um, heart desires, all their fleshly temporal desires. He grants them those things in the name of Jesus. Um, and uh, and it's, it's because of people like that that the, that the, the preacher himself um, is able to get a foothold. And by the way, we export this everywhere. Mm-hmm. We export mm-hmm. this into every country out there because there's a lot of money. Yep. A lot of money to be made. Brazil, South Africa, there's there's just a continuing um, wave of this false gospel that has always been a ploy of the evil one. Sure. Um, since the true gospel has been um, presented to us and uh, the twisting, the perverting, the... Uh, selfishness goes back to Genesis chapter one or chapter three or whatever. Yeah. It goes back to Genesis chapter three. He says, uh, did God not say, and then what he says is ultimately you've misunderstood. God is going to make you. And then they promise them the, the the serpent promises them something that edifies the flesh. Mm -hmm. You will be like God. Right? Here's your pride. I'm going to play into your pride and your ego. That's exactly what money does. That's exactly what prosperity, it's exactly what all these things do. I have favor with God that you don't have. Um, because, I mean, look, look, at the, look at the wealth that I have. This is exactly the same lie as the beginning. So we have to think about um, considering the question, what is the distinction between the one who propagates it and then the one who participates in it? And the one who propagates it the Bible speaks much about, I think. Yes. We, we can read in Jude. We can read in Second Peter. Uh, we can read in the Sermon on the Mount. We can see uh, Paul's epistles addressing false teachers continuously. Second mm-hmm. Corinthians. We'll get into more as we work through the current sermon series that we are at Believer's Baptist Church. But when you think about um, the one who is propagating that false gospel, uh, there's c- plenty of condemnation. Yes. Uh, plenty of judgment in their unrepentant uh, greed, in their pride, in their self-righteousness, uh, their immorality. Uh, we can go all the way even back into the Old Testament and pull out texts that address the Old uh, Testament false prophets. Mm-hmm. Well, even ba- Balaam was a prophet for hire. I mean, he was about money, right? Right. Mm-hmm. So I think the distinction there is the Scripture speaks much to the false purveyor of it. And he never has anything good to say about him, does he? No. There's never a redeeming in that at all. But to answer, maybe maybe this will help. Is there a distinction between the two? Yes. One of them gleans specifically um, monetarily. In fact, he is motivated. Timothy's going to say that he is actually motivated by gain. And he, he equates godliness with gain. So look at how much I've got. I must be really... Godly, right? First Timothy six. Yes, but but another thing in John ten though. Here is there a distinction between um, uh, I guess what uh, between the judgment? I guess the question for me is: Is the person in the pew always um, lost, or 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 is there are there people in the prosperity gospel that sit under that teaching that um, are actually sheep? Right? Mm-hmm. Could that be a question? Maybe that would make sense. And I think first John ten speaks to that to some extent. Um, uh, in fact, 
uh, yeah, if, if you have your Bibles, turn to John 10. But it says, uh, verse 1 says, Most assuredly I say to you that he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs up some other way, the same as a thief and a robber. But he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the doorkeeper opens, the sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. Uh, think about what's being said here. Verse 4, And when he brings out his own sheep, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him. They know his voice, yet they will by no means follow a stranger, but will flee from him, for they do not know the voice of strangers. That text says, I think that as, we, as we've dealt with before, God draws straight lines with crooked sticks. So, you know, someone could be in the prosperity gospel sitting under a heretic. Let's just um, use one that's obvious, Kenneth Copeland or somebody, right? And they might hear some form of the gospel, the truth. And, and the Holy Spirit does a work in their life, turns their heart. They, they become regenerate. They respond in repentance and faith. And they want to know more. They are, they are saved, if you will. Will they remain? I don't think so. Will I, they I, remain in the church? In, the, in that body. I don't even know if the church is a good right, description yeah. of it. Yes. Right. But in that body. <laughs> under I, that teaching. Under that, I don't think so. I, I think so. I, I think what I'm trying to say is I think the scriptures would, would teach us that. Uh, could people be saved out from under that? Sure. Will they remain in that body of false teaching? I don't think for long. Maybe after coming to true salvation. Yes, after true salvation. Sure, yeah. So after a while, they're going to become so hungry, so hungry for something true mm-hmm. that, they're, that, they're, that they're starving for, that they're going to go. The, the Spirit's going to move them. It says here that specifically he brings his sheep out, they hear his voice, but they don't follow a stranger. They won't go after that false teaching. And so their appetite changes, their affections change. What they realize is all those things that I used to long for that satisfied my flesh, mm-hmm. um, they, they satisfied nothing. Yeah. Right. I believe in the now American Gospel um, video that we watched, there was a lady that had a similar testimony. Where yes, do you remember what I'm talking I do, about? I do, and I don't, don't know her, her name. Was. I don't either. But she had said the same thing. She sat, she was saved, and then she said she began so hungry, in essence, that she started looking for truth. She's like this. Yeah, she starts reading the Bible, and then yes. she starts going, "This is not." What's being preached is not what I'm reading. And in you the know Bible. what's funny? Talking about divine revelation, she had probably read the Bible before. Mm-hmm. And didn't see the truth. And once her eyes were opened, then the truth became, it became living mm-hmm. to her. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I think that um, the, the interesting thing, is, uh, and maybe it's a sad thing, is that the, the prosperity gospel is so appealing to the flesh that people aren't willing to seek the truth. And then conversely, it's such a lie that people are confused and disillusioned with it at the same time. Does that make sense? Because mm-hmm. when one, if you actually start trying to live the prosperity gospel and you uh, shun doctors and um, you, you don't take care of your financial responsibilities and obligations, thinking that... God is going to provide, and you just have to have the right faith. And if you have the right faith, and if you say the right words, that that it's going to 
unlock God's stinginess. It, it, it really is funny how the prosperity gospel gives you keys, and you have to have these certain keys because God's so stingy with his stuff. If you don't use the right key, he's not going to give it to you. That's a that's a good analogy. Yeah. So so you use all the right keys and you get your stuff. You rub him the right way. Yes. Yeah. You you do all the magical. As if God needs your good works and your in your money. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You do all the magical um, cantations and everything comes your way. But they find that that doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. Doesn't happen the like they're yeah. expecting it. Mm-hmm. And so they get what dis- despair that could drive into a person sure. too. Oh, to constantly be told it, it's it's not God, it's your faith. Mm-hmm. It's right. your faith. You have no faith. Well, how am I supposed to self-manufacture faith? Yeah. Faith is God-given. I mean, my goodness, what despair. Well, it's a means of grace that it fails. Yes. Because by doing that, the disparity would cause them by God's grace, to see the well, truth. And, and, and interesting enough, it's like a Ponzi scheme, right? So you've got the guy at the top, and he's making money because everybody's sending it in. And then his testimony that it works is, look at me. Yeah. This is always the testimony. I'm the I most faithful. A, I have a billion dollars in yeah. the bank. And if you think it doesn't work, look at me. Mm-hmm. I sold $1,000 one time. I got 100000 back. And look <laughs> at me. And they go, oh, well, you're the testimony of truth? No. You read the text a minute ago. The testimony of truth is what? Scripture, scripture. Yeah. scripture alone, if it doesn't spell it out for us, it, just because it, things incidentally happen, uh, and I shouldn't say incidentally, but because these, these things happen, does, does not make them um, God's will or, or God's uh, purpose for your life. Well, and we have to take into account that in God's sovereignty and providence, He might allow or does allow oh, sure. some of these people to come into success because it distinguishes who's are, who's who are his right. and who are not. Mm-hmm. Yes, and and that's part of what the the reality is. The other thing that um, you you have to consider um, about this is the fact that the prosperity gospel, as it is preached and uh, propagated today, uh, at least in the American culture. Um, is a selfish way to um, bring glory to self. In our one of our earlier podcasts, we were mm-hmm. talking about how man seeks glory for himself, right? Mm-hmm. Sure. And, and so this whole idea of, well, I can have what this world has to offer right now, the best of this world right now, that's glorifying self. You know, you, you dealt with this earlier when we talked we had on a podcast about the gospel, and you said uh, that it starts with God and then goes to man. The, the exact reverse is what happens. Yes. We start with man and then work to God. Yes. Instead of saying, what does, who is God and what does he require of man? We say, who is man and what does he require of God? Right. And, and it's just the opposite. Right? Mm-hmm. And it's a gracious thing that God does save people out of that, and one out of the prosperity gospel. And one of the... Um, I guess popular uh, authors right now is uh, the nephew of Benny Hinn. Yeah, Costi Hinn. Costi yeah. Hinn. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he's written a couple of books: um, "God, Greed, and the Prosperity Gospel," which you and I both read. That Philip yes. and uh, I read both of those books. Okay, you read the Defining Deception book yes. that he wrote. Um, I have not read that one, but both of these speak to the things that we're talking about. Yes. Um, and how that God saved one out of that yes. uh, who was listening and participating to one who still 
promotes it. Yes, his own uncle, uh, Benny Hinn. And, uh, and other good resource on, on this topic uh, particularly would be um, Justin Peters has um, some great resources um, uh, on this. Um, you could look him up. He won't be hard to find, Justin Peters. But um, he is a man who uh, has cerebral palsy and, um, and as a young man went to many of these things l- longing for um, salvation. Mm-hmm. I mean, not salvation, but salvation from his malady, his physical malady. He was looking for healing and so forth. Um, now his testimony is, I only have 60, 70, 80 years to live with this. I'll have the rest of eternity to live without it. And if, if God gets glory from, from my c- c- cerebral palsy, then um, glory be to God. And that has to be the response. I mean, you know, it, there's, there's scriptures that say, who makes a man blind? Or, or, or seeing or deaf, God, right? Who, man, who gives a man the capacity to build wealth? God. Who makes a man, who, who puts a man in, in the United States versus, um, um, you know. Siberia. Yeah, God. <laughs> I mean, so when we try to say that, um, you know, that uh, I have a particular, uh, that, uh, that everybody is entitled, if you will, to the same blessings, uh, you know, that's just not a biblical reality. Mm-hmm. The fact is, is the, those of us who are, are in the United States and been born here, God has been particularly kind to us. And, um, and, uh, and for no reason of our own, that's, that's grace. It's mm-hmm. unmerited grace. Mm-hmm. Um, and for those who haven't, um, that's God's doing, not ours. And for those he chooses to give the power to, 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 to have wealth, and for those he chooses not, those are decisions he makes. Mm-hmm. And, um, and we shouldn't think that um, I can rub him the right way or, or do whatever to try to entice him to do something different. So Philip kind of alluded to something similar to this earlier, but um, I feel like Proverbs can kind of often be twisted to be used as like a biblical reference for the prosperity gospel. Uh, can you kind of talk to that? You know what I mean? Like with the, the health and wealth and everything that you see in Proverbs um, right. well, and glorification. To, and right. I, I think it's a good question. I, I think you have to always consider when we come to the Bible, one of the greatest mistakes that we make is not consider the genre in which a certain book is written. And so when we come to Proverbs, we tend to think that these are absolute promises rather than general statements that principles. are... Principles. Principles, yeah. yeah. Um, and they are, um, it is true, you know, it's the wicked prosper. We see it about it, all around us. And the righteous suffer. Um, they, don't, they don't quote that one, though. No, but, it, but that's <laughs> not, that's right. <laughs> but... That's not always true. We do see the righteous prosper, and we see the wicked suffer. Um, well, it's and, like training up a child in the way he should go, right? We assume then, well, if I if I have my child in church every Sunday, that every that that's a guarantee that that he's going to um, come to Christ um, and, and be saved from from his sin. And 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 we recognize that uh, that in God's graciousness, uh, many of the people, uh, many of us who have come to Christ, are are the products, if you will, of of believing families. So God, in in a lot of ways, we see that as a principle that is often uh, true. But it isn't a promise that every single person who therefore, um, who struggles, uh, every parent who struggles to, uh, to, to train their child right is always going to see the, that uh, a perfect fruit of salvation in their child. Right. So another problem then that we have not only is uh, neglecting the genre of a particular book, but we also tend to make us the center of every 
text mm-hmm. or every story mm-hmm. so that Proverbs then becomes promises made to me. Um, and particularly in what we're talking about, the prosperity gospel, those promises then are used to you know, they speak actually, to self. I, mm-hmm. I heard the other day they actually have a Bible you can order now, which will take all the personal pronouns and put your name in them. Oh my goodness. So now you can get a Bible that says, you know, Jason this and Jason that or wow. Philip this. And I thought, we have really, we are really turned in on ourselves when we would rewrite the Bible and write ourselves into every, into every personal pronoun. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. I wonder if they do that in the prophets. I don't know, but I would say, <laughs> I wonder if they do that in Isaiah. <laughs> yeah. I would say, you know, if you're going to be a purveyor of the prosperity gospel, you have to do a lot of hermeneutical gymnastics mm-hmm. to get around the fact that um, just as our Lord suffered and died, so we as his followers will suffer and die. There will be, that's the um, guarantee, if you will, that's given to us. Now, suffering is qualified by different circumstances and different people's lives and those kinds of things, but um, we can't expect that uh, bearing um, the uh, austernation of uh, people and uh, being uh, esteemed as foolish, um, being rejected, being despised, is not part of the Christian life. Suffering is part of it, and to twist the Scripture to get around that um, is a blatant um, perversion of the truth. Yeah, and one thing that they can't get past is that, you know, uh, you know Jesse Duplantis, uh, Kenneth Copeland, some of these people will talk about the fact that our, our perfect healing, if you will, you know, um, I, never, I never suffer, I never get sick, I never do this, I never do that, because God is, but they all die. At mm-hmm. some point, they all die. Mm-hmm. You can't get past that. Which is the consequences of sin. Yes. If, 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 if God had dealt with your perfect healing, then you'd be immortal, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. You would never get old and your, and your heart and lungs and, and liver and, and all the parts of your body that wear out. They wouldn't wear out. He would have dealt with that at the cross, expecting you to just go straight from here into uh, perfection and you would never die. The fact is every one of these people are ultimately, their lie is played out the moment their heart stops beating and they are, they are exposed at that point as the charlatans they are mm-hmm. because they don't. They Everyone die. Every one of these people's heroes in the faith are all dead. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, my encouragement to our listeners is to read Jude, read Second Peter, um, be attentive to what it says about the uh, false teachers, and then uh, read John 10. Uh, you alluded to um, the American Gospel DVD that's available, again, at Faith at Home in our uh, church, the resource center that we use for family ministry, really generational. It's across the generations um, uh, dealing with issues. Um, We have resources, and we have the American Gospel DVD, and I highly recommend that. Yeah. You could probably watch it on Amazon Prime. You can. Yes. You can. Uh, So pretty sure. Yeah. yeah, I'm I'm, I'm not sure that... uh, DVD probably dates us, but uh, <laughs> really, I was wanting VHS. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, real to real, right? <laughs> Amazon Prime. I mean, these um, 
that particular DVD is very informative and helpful. Mm -hmm. But there are many other resources and opportunities to get clarity on these things. We just don't have time to do it all on the podcast. Yeah, and, and, and particularly with that particular video, it does more than just expose the, the falsehood of of the one, but it shows the beauty and the glory and, the cl- and with clarity explains uh, the inverse, which would be the true gospel right. and, what it, and what it does for it. Thanks for listening to the Asking for a Friend podcast. If what you've heard today has been helpful to you, please subscribe. On behalf of the elders of BBC, I invite you to a worship service at Believer's Baptist Church this coming Sunday. The Bible study hour begins at 915 and the worship service begins at 1030. Grace and peace.